Hi, everyone. This week, we're replaying one of our favorite episodes from the first couple years of the podcast. We hope you enjoy it, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Thanks. Welcome to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I am Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. And before we get started, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Um, At the end of today's episode, we have a great listener question. Um, So I just wanted to remind you that you can always send us your questions. Our email is info at justonemorepodcast.com. Our Twitter is at justonemorepodcast. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast. Find us on whatever social medium appeals to you um, and ask us whatever your question is. There's no question too small um, or too uh, stupid because there are no stupid questions if someone else also has the same question, which I can guarantee you they do. Uh, So yeah, send us your questions. We'd love to answer them. Uh, It's spring. Finally. Finally. Um, On the day that we're recording this, it's actually like cold and rainy, but I'm (laughs) sure by the time this airs, it will be springy and delightful. It better be. I know. (laughs) So I use TimeHop, which is this app that like goes through all your pictures and stuff and shows you like one year ago, you did this. Two years ago, you did this. Which is great, except for in spring, because in New York, spring can come any time between, like, March 15th and June 15th. And so when I look at pictures, and it's like, a year ago, there were cherry blossoms. And I'm like, I'm still very cold. Yeah. I just purchased new long underwear pants. (laughs) (laughs) And whatever was potentially blossoming, the blizzard killed it. I know. Two weeks ago. So, (laughs) Um, But uh, at, at least by the date and by the calendar it is spring i'm sure in many parts of this beautiful country it is the spring so happy spring happy spring um this is going to come out right around passover and easter which is also springy to me i think uh and um atheists we already had your equinox so you get in on this too uh (laughs) but uh regardless spring i think always has this like the reason there are all these holidays around spring is that spring has this like new life, like animals have babies, <laughs> new the, stuff's coming out of the ground. Like there's this feeling of like being refreshed and sort of renewed. It's very cyclical. This um, renewing oneself situation. Mm-hmm. It's always at the start of the year. And then everything kind of dies down and life sets in. And then once again, <laughs> spring rolls around and it's like, you get to do it all over again. You get yeah. to, you get to reinvent yourself or you get to try new things or you feel like it's another fresh start. Totally. So yeah, I know I'm for sure. I'm like ready for yeah, <laughs> winter to be over. Totally. Well, there, I think there's also like, it's not that humans hibernate because unfortunately we can't, uh, but there is this sort of like, you know, in the winter in order to like survive it, if you live in a place that has real winter as we do, um, you have to sort of like huddle up in your cocoon or your cave and like, you know, get all cozy and just sort of like hunker down and like try to make things as, as cozy as possible. And then spring comes and it's like, you're 
the butterfly coming out of your cocoon and you're like, oh, there's this whole world. Like, I want to, like, freshen everything up and, and make it new. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, one way that that often um, comes out, I think, is like, oh, I better start, like, detoxing so I can get my bikini body so mm-hmm. I can be ready for summer, which I don't say that to imply that if you have those feelings, you're a bad person. I do think that there are things that are being sold to us to try to get us to buy products and to get us to buy into a diet culture that's not going to work. So, And that is very not on brand with just one more podcast. Exactly right. We are <laughs> Our version of a bikini body is put a bikini on your body. <laughs> then you've Amen. Got Amen. So, um, but that feeling of sort of like wanting to do spring cleaning is totally real and you can use it to your advantage. Um, but today I wanted to talk about, um, the, the title of the episode is 10 ways to spring clean your life. Um, because there are ways to do that, that sort of scratch that, like I should detox, I should lose a bunch of weight itch, but are instead like healthy and sustainable, Mm -hmm. ideally sustainable. Um, so, uh, Daphne and I came up with a list of 10 ways to spring clean your life. Uh, and I'm excited to do these things. Me too. At least some of them. And that's the first thing I wanted to say before we get into the list is, um, that we're not saying that you have to do all 10 of these things at the same time, because probably it is most effective if you pick like one or two and focus on those. Um, but, uh, pick like, we're going to share our list and then like pick whatever things, sort of like seem like they apply most to your life or like sound exciting to you. Maybe don't start with the thing that sounds like the hardest and the most of a bummer Mm -hmm. because you're not going to keep doing that. Yeah. And I, we love lists here at Just One More Podcast. Lists Lists are nice and organized and neat and tidy. And, uh, I'm really, I'm, I I feel really good about the 10 things that we have picked. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited for this. Awesome. All right. Well, should we get started with number one? So, This one was one I suggested, so I'm interested to see what you feel about it. But my suggestion was um, make a salad once or twice a week to bring for your lunch. Now, there are a couple parts of this. One is having lunch be a salad. And the other part is having lunch be something you pack and bring instead of buy out somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Here are the reasons I thought that this was a good idea, and you can confirm or deny. (laughs) (laughs) So... um, I do not feel like eating salads in the winter, like basically ever. And uh, I just feel like it's unnatural for the place that I come from. Like in Minnesota, you can't grow salad stuff in the winter. (laughs) Seems wrong to be eating it. Um, I just can't get into like a giant cold bowl of vegetables. However, as soon as spring comes, I'm like, come to me, giant cold bowl of vegetables. (laughs) Um, And... uh, you know, salads don't have to be boring. They don't have to be tasteless. They don't have to be unfilling. Um, so you can have, but it's a great way to get like a bunch of your servings of veggies out of the way. Cause one thing that you said is that like when we're talking about servings of vegetables and then you think about like a big bowl of salad, that's not one serving of vegetables because it's one meal of vegetables. Mm-hmm. That's like a bunch of different servings of vegetables. Yeah. It's multiple servings. I think this one's great. Um, have you, do you remember there was like a, it must've been a Buzzfeed and it was about Minnesotans and it came out a couple years ago around Christmas time. And it was, all I remember is there was one person on this Buzzfeed video who was like, you call this a salad? And it was like some like sweet, like dessert. Oh, 
Yeah, like Jello salad. Jello salad. Yeah, that's what it was. That's a thing. <laughs> so salad is a word that has been used across many cultures to mean many things. Pasta salad, T- like uh, tuna salad, yeah, whitefish yeah. salad, chicken salad. Yeah, lots <laughs> of salads like we're include like mayonnaise. Forest Gump right now. <laughs> Pasta salad. Uh, yes, there are. So we're not talking probably about those kind of salads. We're no, about no. Like, Salads made with vegetables and grains and greens and yeah. But when you were talking about your your uh, you know adolescence in Minnesota uh-huh. and you not having many salads during the winter, I was like, well, that makes sense because yeah, yeah it's just not a it's just not there. It's, it's just not a geographically too. It just doesn't. I mean, not that you can't buy lettuce right, right. in Minnesota no, in the winter. Like, do it. We have joined modern society. Yes, this is true. But I just However, find that when it's cold, it's not appealing. And then once it starts to warm up, it's like, oh, yeah, like I remember why I mm-hmm, want to eat salads. Definitely. And I feel like you and I have talked about this a lot, too. But letting our our natural kind of caveman, cavewoman cravings do their thing. And sometimes we just crave warmer Heartier things in the winter, like stews and soups mm-hmm. and things that are a yeah, little I feel bit like more soup nourishing. Is the salad of the winter, for sure. Yeah, soups and stews. That's like my my go to, and it's the same for me. When the weather changes, I crave salads a lot more. And also, this one is very cost effective because you said make a salad, not go to Sweet Green and buy one. Which no, we both love Sweet Green. So obsessed. if you don't live in a place yeah. that has Sweet Green. <laughs> It's a salad chain, like um, chopped or just salad or something, or like pre, like a menu of salads, and you can also make your own. Um, it's super delicious and incredibly expensive. It's like <laughs> so expensive. Um, but guess what? If you make a salad for yourself, you can make it with all the same stuff, and it doesn't cost eleven dollars. And I've seen Joanna many times. Joanna will come to me and will come to our sessions, and she will have packed a salad. And you will have just emulated the sweet green menu, yes. and it's amazing. Let me tell you, it has occurred to other people on the internet to reverse engineer them. the salads from sweet green. Um, so maybe I'll include some uh, links to recipes for like copycat sweet green salads. Good call. Um, but we did this last summer, my husband and I, because um, we were both uh, working for ourselves for the first time at the same time. So we were like trying to save as much money as we could. And one of those, one of the ways we did that was pack lunches. Um, and so we would like make a bunch of stuff at the beginning of the week to do like fake out sweet green salads. Let me tell you, it works pretty great. Um, so yeah, the two parts of this are one, like having salad for lunch a couple times a week to just sort of like get those like veggies. Because when we talk about the idea of like wanting to detox, we've said like a million times, you don't need to detox. Mm -hmm. Your body detoxes for you. Yeah. But we talk about instead of keeping stuff out, we want to bring things in. That's right. So this is a way, as I say it to Daphne, like I'm coaching her instead of me just regurgitating stuff she said to me. Um, but yeah, we want to focus on getting things in. So that's the first part. And then the second part is like bringing your lunch. You'll save some money. You'll like hopefully build a habit. You'll like figure out how to make it possible to bring the lunch. Maybe you have to buy a salad packing container. Mm-hmm. I have a very cute salad packing container that I got at Target that has a container. And then in the lid, it has like a little um, pouch for dressing so that the dressing doesn't wilt all the leaves. Um, And it also has a place to clip in an ice pack in case you don't have a fridge at work. 
Um, and then when you're ready to eat the salad, you just like twist the top and the dressing falls in and then you shake it like those old McDon- McDonald's salad sh- shakers. Amazing. It's great. It's the best contraption ever. <laughs> and there are lots of them. You can get them at any Target or you can probably get them at like CVS yeah. at this point. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Right. Exactly. Maybe I'll put in a link for a little salad <laughs> saver for you. Um, so that's uh, thing number one for way number one to spring clean your life. Make a salad once or twice a week to bring for your lunch. Or if you're lucky enough to work at home, you don't even have to bring it. You can just make it. I love this one because it's just such a positive on so many fronts. Mm-hmm. Replenishing your body and replenishing your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Both great. All right. Thing number two. Do you want to read this one? Because sure. I feel like this is... Yeah. Number two. Make smoothies for breakfast. Daphne is the smoothie queen. I do love smoothies. I think they are delicious. And uh, But also, similar to the salads... I do go through stretches where during the winter I just don't have any desire. Right. Well, it's like waking up to a milkshake. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or waking up to something that is light and green and tart and delicious still. But sometimes I just want, you know, eggs and Mm -hmm. eggs and oatmeal or something a little bit warmer. And so my smoothie, I guess, journey... Yeah, it's still up and down in the winter. My smoothie journey. <laughs> it's my autobiography. Yes. <laughs> but I like I actually had my first smoothie that I made in maybe like two or three weeks yesterday. <gasps> and also it just like gets just getting back into the routine yes. of it. Um, not to make it sound like something that you do need to, you know, trudge along and do or no, something you that do you have, have to, like, to do. Buy stuff at but, at the store. Yeah, yeah. Like it is, it, it does require a little bit of prep work. However, it is such a great way to start the day. And I do think when you do start the day off with something that is delicious and nutritious, it just leads to better choices throughout the rest of the day as well. So my, my what I do is I try to do as much smoothie prep either on one day of the week or if I didn't get to all of it, like on Sunday night, then I'll try to do some smoothie prep the night before the night before a morning in which I have planned to make smoothies and I actually just wash and chop everything and I stick everything in a huge gallon freezer bag. And then in the morning you just blend it all up with water and, and you don't need to add ice to it anymore because everything's been frozen already. So even like cucumber, you know, even a uh, cucumber is it, when put in the freezer is basically a green ice cube. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it so, gives it a, a nice texture without having to dilute it with ice. What goes in the Daphne Yang so, smoothie? So I've been trying to, because I use so many ingredients, I realize that not everyone wants to put 10 different things in their <laughs> smoothie. So uh-huh. I I have like been tweaking it, and I've been doing... I've, I've been doing green smoothies, so we can also call them green juices or green drinks. So when I'm making my green, like if I have a cold or if I just need, if this is something just to start the day off with and I'm either going to have something a little more substantial in maybe an hour after the smoothie or I will have this smoothie with, or this green drink, I'll pair it with, I'll pair it with if, if I'm on the go, like a bar or some hard boiled eggs. So this is spinach, cucumber, avocado, lime, green grapes, and pineapple. So these, these are like the six like base ingredients from there. You can add ginger and you can add, you can swap out the avocado for coconut oil and then you can add green apple or you can add an orange. 
Um, you can add chia seeds, but those are like, because I, or you could do all 10 of those things, <laughs> but really who has all 10 of those ingredients all at the same time. <laughs> the main things are if you can get at least a spinach and cucumber in, and then you have a couple, two or three things to make it at least taste good. So for me, it's like the pineapple and the green grapes and the orange or apple or both. That's very important. Then you have to have at least one lemon or one lime to get that wonderful citrus, um, immune boosting stuff. Then all the, everything else is just the extras. So avocado or coconut oil. So you have the fat. If you want, you can throw some cashews in here and turn it into maybe like a creamier texture. However, I like to just leave mine as just a green juice. So that's what I do for that smoothie. And then when I am feeling like I want like a power protein smoothie, I'll still do spinach, but then I'll use protein powder and I'll do like a chocolate peanut butter type situation. And I'll do spinach and peanut butter and banana and berries and like frozen berries. And, um, did I say protein powder, mm -hmm. peanut butter and protein powder? Yeah. So that, one's... <laughs> that smoothie sounds insane. Yeah, Does it yeah. taste good? It's so good. It tastes like you, you just taste chocolate peanut butter. Uh. And then if you do berries, it's like chocolate peanut butter berries. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy, Daphne. You're crazy. <laughs> so those are my smoothies. I love that. Um, Daphne has a very fancy blender. I have a medium <laughs> fancy blender. Um, what your blender can handle probably depends on its True. fanciness. Um, so, uh, if your blender has a hard time with some of those ingredients, that's okay. You can either like chop them up a little bit first or like you can, you know, peel your apple half before mm -hmm. you put it in there or, um, things like that. Uh, it's all good. The idea is just to like, again, like get in a bunch of those fruits and veggies in the first part of the day, um, and, uh, and kick things off on the right note. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number three, allergy proof your home. So this one's such a good one. This is a good one. It's maybe not as fun, but it's important because spring, at least in our house, is like allergy time. Um, both my husband and I have seasonal allergies. He has like extensive environmental allergies. He's been like getting <laughs> shots for for like over a year. Um, but one of the things um, that we uh, learned going through all this allergy stuff is that um, one allergist described it that um, allergies are like a bucket and um, you can only fit a certain number of allergens into your bucket before your bucket overflows. And that's when you start feeling like, the symptoms. you know, the symptoms, yeah. like the runny nose and the scratchy eyes and like all that stuff where you're like, am I sick? I don't feel sick except I have all these symptoms. It's allergies. Your bucket overflow, overflowed, overflow, overflowed. <laughs> um, and so what you want to do is basically like you can take allergy meds and stuff, but the best thing you can do is like reduce the number of allergens that are going into your bucket in the first place. Mm -hmm. So some of the ways that you can allergy proof your home include vacuuming regularly. I know that's a bummer, but it helps because a lot of people's allergies are really allergies to dust. Um, same note, like regularly wash your bedding. Um, we, uh, got a mattress cover which was not super expensive. We got it, I'm sure, on Amazon. I can link to something in the show notes. Um, but you just like zip it around your mattress. Um, if you live in New York, it's doubly good because it protects your mattress from bed bugs. <laughs> not that anyone has bed bugs in the, but you know, wink, wink, New Yorkers. Yeah. Get a mattress cover. Um, it also keeps like mites and stuff from getting into your mattress, which 
helps uh, allergy proof your bed situation. Um, we got an air filter thing that we run at night in our bedroom. Um, that is just like, you know, the size of a shoebox and filters the air. Um, what are some other good allergy stuff for So Stuart and I, we, we did a bit of a spring cleaning right before well, we just went on a little trip. So it's always, we, we always do like a big cleaning before we travel anywhere. So we come home to like clean a really house. clean apartment. So we washed all the, like on our, all of our throw pillows and throw blankets and, um, uh, couch covers. We like washed everything. They look and great. Like, I'm thanks. looking at them right now. It looks great. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. There's like literally no dust on everything, on anything. And another thing that I have done, and I can't believe I didn't think of this before, but now, and I don't even know where I got this idea. So now after everything was like nice and clean with our, with our couch, I bought like a, like a big lint roller. And so now my new thing is lint rolling the couch. <laughs> Every, like, every week or so, and it just picks up, like, crumbs or, like, hair or, like, things that fall onto a couch that you will never see, and it, that's just another way of, once again, getting dust off. And another thing that I, like, I had a moment where I was like, huh, well, dust settles on every surface, right? So it's like the bookcase, like, um, just everywhere. Mm -hmm. So that means it's definitely settling on, like, certain parts of the couch, too. Sure. So then dusting, like, the tops of the couch and... Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, dust mites are no bueno and <laughs> hot water kills dust mites. So, and then swiffering under our bed, that's something we just did like a big clean out and, and, um, you know, did that. And the last thing we did was we purchased a salt block lamp. Have Whoa. you, we just no. heard of this through, uh, one of Stuart's friends and it's, a lamp that's made completely out of pink Himalayan sea salt. And this sounds like a joke from Portlandia. Is, oh, really? <laughs> we purchased a lamp that's made entirely out of Himalayan sea salt. Like you most... can't get it wet, but it's very yeah. beautiful. <laughs> so how Wait, crazy so... is this? So, and I've been doing a ton of research on this the past few weeks, and it's actually made a difference. Like we're supposed to do sleeping better. Two things. Because Wait, is there light inside the salt? There is a light inside the salt, and uh. I don't think the light is too important. I think that the, the importance... <laughs> it's mostly the salt. The, the importance is the salt, and I know, like, in Beverly Hills, there are all these, like, salt, like, spas now where yeah, it's, like, actually, all Yeah, I think you can do salt. that even if you go to Spa Castle here. I think there's, really? like, so a it's salt, like salt room. Yeah, like, salt is just really purifying and detoxifying, and once again, we're detoxifying, you know, our lives with this episode. <laughs> so, um, there are two things, mainly, that it does... And the first one, this is what I've researched. <laughs> it's, you know how bacteria lives in moisture? Yes. Uh, so what it does is it essentially kills moisture in the room that uh. could potentially have bacteria living in it. And then the second part is it ionizes. And I've actually seen a lot of air purifiers uh -huh. out there, even at Bed Bath. And they all talk about this ionizing component. And so it like... It does something to like the air quality where it oh. just like, like, because the plus and there's like a plus and a negative and the one of them is in the air and one of them is in the salt block and it just like kills all those. They want to like find each other. Like They find each other and then huh. and something happens. So at first I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> and then Stuart ordered one because he gets super into things. Sure. And 
um, I've noticed a noticeable difference, like huh. noticeable difference. I always have a hard time breathing at night. Yeah. Well, cause you and, also have um, a deviated septum, a very right? severely deviated septum. So I got a salt block. So, so now this, this <laughs> thing, Sir and I, we like, no, I thought it was totally bogus <laughs> and it's, it's actually really, really noticeable. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to wipe down this, the lamp once a week with just a paper towel and warm water. And then you can see it actually like it has like dust all over it because it's been like sucking everything to it. Yeah. But also couldn't dust just have fall. I feel like if I wiped off my lamp every week, the dust would only settle on the top. Right. Uh, And it's just all All over. over. It's wild. Interesting. It's really wild. All right. Well, so you can get a salt lamp. I'm going to go look at that salt lamp when we're done recording. Um, That's one thing you can do. And the last thing is um, mold. So like cleaning the bathroom and making sure like, yeah. like, like, like the tub and just checking and making sure that's all, all squared away because that's what most people are actually allergic to. Uh, and I think mold is more dangerous mm-hmm. than the dust. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, well, you and I sound like experts. In- <laughs> I know. Well, we've gone through it. I mean, we've put enough money into like allergy stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you and I have both lived in our apartments. You've lived in your apartment longer. Yeah. But like when you live in an apartment for a long time, like you you learn how to keep a house. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. We're good wives. We're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such great wives. Oh my God. Um so yeah, so uh number three, allergy proof your home. You don't necessarily have to do all those things we said. <clears throat> Salt lamp. But uh you know, pick a couple and and see what happens. It was nineteen bucks on Amazon. Oh, really? Oh, then I'm yeah. totally gonna get yeah, one. It was sure. only nineteen dollars. Yeah. It was. It was. It was like. I'm picturing 19. some like nineteen hundred dollar thing versus no. sharp oh image. It's like the size of the room. And I bet you that exists. Probably. However, that is not what we have. It's really tiny. Okay. Yeah. Super small. <laughs> but then I wonder, like, if you have a salt block, like for cooking, could you just like leave that? Or like I don't know, cut a well, block the other of it. Thing that I is, wonder is so we use a humidifier in our room. That's something that so, I was also thinking about too. Like if our air is already too dry, right? So maybe it just attracts the bad moisture that has like bad <laughs> particles in Who it. Who knows? We can do more research. Right. On this. However, <laughs> I'm digging it. <laughs> so number three, allergy-proof your home. Uh, number four. Um, make one of your workouts per week outdoors. Get outside, people. It um, First of all, it makes working out more fun, especially in the spring. In the spring, I'm always like, I never want to do a workout that's inside. I'm always like, if I'm going to work out, I want to be outside. Yeah. Um, get that vitamin D from the sun. Get excite- more excited about your workout. Breathe in some fresh air. All that stuff. Especially because it's not an option here during the winter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you are looking for an outdoor workout suggestion that is not a run, um, we have a spring break workout back in our archives that I will link to where Daphne, uh, came up with an entire workout, um, that you can do outside in the park or in your yard. Uh, so I'll link to that in the show notes. You can do our spring break workout outside. Yay. Don't forget your sunscreen if you're working out outside. So nice being outdoors. I feel like the majority of my training and workouts, everything used to be outdoors. Hit It used to be outdoors. I used to coach Team Challenge, was outdoors all the time. And before I trained in a space, I would try try to train as many people outdoors as I possibly could. Yeah. Because it's no overhead. (laughs) You don't have to pay a gym to train your clients there. And I miss that all so much. So I'm super excited for, for the weather to turn. So... 
So, you know, I can get some outdoor runs and training sessions. I feel like it's just good for the, like, emotional health oh my to gosh. go outside. Yeah. Especially if you're an adult who works, like, in an office. You don't get to play outside. Yeah. Like, yeah. Working out outside is the closest we get. It really is. I, I mean, I've been running, like, on again, off again this winter. Mm-hmm. And I was just in Florida a couple weekends ago. And it was, like, the weather was perfect. It was, like, 70s and not humid at all. And I went for my first run, and I must have gone for about, like, I don't know, four or five miles. It was just whatever the running path was Mm -hmm. outdoors around the resort. And I literally was, like, skipping and frolicking (laughs) for joy and wanted to, like, scream out to the world, I am so happy. (laughs) I just felt like myself again. Yeah. Yeah, so it just... Yeah, working out outdoors, try to do it one time a week. It'll restore your sense of happiness. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Number five, this is a Daphne classic. Power water. Make some power water. For those of us uh, who maybe haven't listened to every single episode, what is power water? Power water is when you infuse your water with as many fruits and herbs as you can to increase the nutrient density of it. And... You, uh, so you'll find different variations of this kind of on the on the interweb and people call it detox water and I kind of try to steer away from that term detox too I don't try to use it too frequently just because of um, it can be it can be such an extreme word yeah. so instead because I like to spin everything on to the positive <laughs> we call it power water because it's giving you lots of nutrients and infusing your water with lots of wonderful things. So you can do a variation of infusing your water with cucumber, lemon, lime, citrus, apples, strawberries, cantaloupe, and then think things like mint. Um, mint is probably the best. That's probably my favorite you one. You could also do um, like basil and lemon. Oh, basil, that that's what good. it is. Yeah. Basil. Mm-hmm. That's another good herb. Yeah. So it just makes water more exciting if you feel like you are having a hard time getting your water in or getting excited about water. It's making your water very um, replenishing and it's just a nice refreshing thing to do for yourself. It makes water feel like a treat. Totally. You So I, when I do it, I have like a big 32 ounce wide mouth Nalgene and I just like throw stuff in there. But you can get water bottle, like specifically infusing water bottles now that have like a little cage that you can like put the stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's what makes it um, more appealing to you, you can get a little water bottle cage yeah, for it, your vegetables. And then you always see things like, um, you know, s- like get an ice cube tray and put some fruit in every little ice cube tray mm-hmm. and then fill it with water, then freeze it. And then you have, you can do that too. I've never totally. actually done that, but it's very Pinteresting. <laughs> it super cute. very Pinteresting. <laughs> yeah. If that helps you get excited about doing it, go for it. Um, all right. So number five was make power water. Um, number six. Uh, so this is one I came up with. It says, take an exercise class you haven't taken before. Take it more than once. <laughs> I love this. It's, t- it's getting you out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we talk all the time about, like, um, if you are doing the same stuff to work out all the time, it's still good for you, but it's not, like, it's not pushing you beyond what your body knows how to do. It's not, like, surprising your muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's easy to sort of, like, plateau in terms of fitness gains. Um, and also, it's easy to get bored. I think yeah. um, a lot of times people stop working out because they get bored. Um and there are just so many opportunities now to take exercise class. If you have a gym, 
you can probably take classes for free at your gym. Um, and you might find an instructor or a type of working out that like you didn't know you liked and you can, you know, then it will be there for you. Like, um, I had never done any Pilates and then I just sort of like happened on doing a Pilates class at my gym and I was like, Oh, this is what this is. This is kind of cool. Um, and the reason I say take it more than once is, uh, it's, hard to start a new habit if you only do a thing one time. And it's also hard to get a real sense of a class or an instructor if you only do it once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a, an instructor and designer of classes, <laughs> would you agree? Definitely. Um, yeah, I actually made, I don't know if this was a mistake or, or no, I'm sure it was a positive, but I found I was able to access all these reviews of my class uh-huh. through all the sites that I used to, um, for class registration, like mind body and, uh, and, and I was like, Oh boy, like you hear things that people pick up on example. I had one class at the studio space that I rent from all of my classes. The majority of them are on the Marley like dance floors. Uh I had one class in which there was a studio conflict that one day and I ended up in a smaller studio. And of course that day I had a million people register for class. I was in a smaller studio and hardwood floors and only one little window in that room. So the people who came and took that class for the first time, I was like, okay, like, you know, whatever, I'm going to make this still an awesome experience. I didn't think too much of it. And it was really interesting for me to, and this maybe happened about like three months ago, going back and like reading reviews and being like, Oh my God, they ripped it apart. And they were like, this is such a weird studio space. And like, and we were all like crammed in there and like, I didn't like the floors. And at that point in time, it's just like, okay, those are all things that I have no control over. Like it happened. So I love that you, I love that you have Daphne a second taken chance, exercise you class you haven't taken it before and then try it more than once um, because I think that that is important. I think from a I think from a business standpoint, you know, any group fitness instructor just needs to be on their A game all the time. Yeah. Because you never said, know who's there for the first time. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. The, the group fitness instructor, that should be the constant. Like, they yeah. should always, I, in my mind, you know, it doesn't matter if a trainer or an instructor is having a bad day. That's something you have to set aside during the class. That being said, there are environmental factors or like a sound system blowing out and like you mm-hmm. not having music. And then, so there are technical things that I don't think people realize how many technical things go into a group fitness class and how not every technical thing is going to go perfectly that time. So if you do have a complaint about <laughs> like the space or the music or something technical like that, I'm going to say, give it another shot. And even if, or if you feel like the class was too hard or maybe it felt uncomfortable, maybe it was too different. I still do say, take it a second time because, because if you do want to create different habits. And also if you do want to push your body past any plateau, the best thing you can do for yourself is to do something that's different. And then also the beauty of this is you get a chance to actually be motivated by someone else and you just show up. Like that's the Mm -hmm. only thing you need to do is you just arrive 
and you just put on your workout gear and you get to turn your brain off in a sense. So that's why I recommend uh, taking a new one and then taking it a second time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That being said, if an instructor um, is giving you like bad vibes, either like talking badly about bodies or like doesn't seem to know what they're doing, like don't feel like you need to put yourself in danger because I said take a class twice. Like trust your intuition. Um, If it's a bad scene, get out of there. Yeah. Um, But um, if you like think that you like mostly liked it, but like a couple things were weird or like you liked it, but you thought it was maybe too hard or you were just like nervous, like try it twice, make it part of your initial plan to go twice. Um, and then it's okay if it doesn't become part of your everyday routine, but you'll at least have done something new and exciting. All right. Number seven. This is something we've been trying to do. Keep more fruit in your house. (laughs) Me too. Because, weird, when you have fruit around, you eat it. I know, right? <laughs> what a concept. Yeah. 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 I, um, I haven't been too inspired by fruit lately. This is a rough time of like, year for fruit it in, is. on the East Coast. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how many apples I can eat, you know. And there are apples <laughs> that have been stored all winter, so they're, like, mm-hmm. not as good. So I've been trying to go to the farmer's market, but that is, like, not a lot of fruit very, there right now. It's only apples. Yeah. It's literally only apples. So keep more fruit in the house because (laughs) it's time for like, you know, berries and melons and eating things that might seem a little bit more exciting. Totally. Um, The citrus is still really great. Um, It's unless you're from California or Florida, it's not going to be local. And I'm going to say that's okay. Like, yeah, (laughs) get what like the joys of the modern world are that you can get an orange in April. Yeah. Um, And uh, so it's okay to buy stuff that's like not local um, go to your store, buy what looks good to you. Um, and don't feel bad about like spending a little money on fruit because, uh, you will eat it if it's around. And especially if you can, like when you are getting snacky at home, if you have fruit that looks good, that's much more appealing than being like, should I eat these tortilla chips or this disgusting looking apple? Like I'm going to eat the chips. (laughs) Whereas if it's like, should I eat these chips or this like amazing looking orange? Like there's at least a fighting chance for the orange. For sure. It's like having having the orange with with your lunch versus like crackers or chips. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally bought apples the other day merely to help my avocados ripen faster. <laughs> Did you put them next to them and it helps them I, ripen? I stuck them all in a big, uh, not a big. I stuck them all in a bag. Normally, it should be like a brown paper bag, but I don't have brown paper bags. <laughs> So I stuck them in just like a, a, a plastic grocery bag and tied it really tightly. So when you do that with avocados, when you pair them with apples, they the apples just help everything oxidize a little bit faster and the avocados ripen so much quicker. Um, you can do the same thing with bananas too to help them ripen a little quicker. Huh. But I literally was like, I'm not going to eat these apples. <laughs> <laughs> they were. Fr- I'm not even going to name where I got them from, but... It's a, it's a grocery store that I love, however, not for the apples. Yeah. And um, so I bought two apples with the intent of using them to help ripen my avocados. <laughs> that might be the most, like, first world. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You can throw those but, in your smoothies from step two. Yeah. Because once it's all yeah. whacked up in there. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to know? Yeah, very true. Uh, so yeah, keep... oh, an avocado is a fruit, so totally, yeah. So you can keep avocados around. Yeah, that is something that I've actually. I'm not always great about it because we try to shop once a week, and I feel like if you buy a, 
avocado like a week's worth of avocados on the same day they all ripen they all ripen the same day yeah. and then you can't eat them all <laughs> that is literally the story of my life yeah guys yeah. hashtag Daphne problems <laughs> um <laughs> but it is fun to have them around um so yeah keep more fruit in your house all right number eight this is a good one and this is a shout out to all those Marie Kondo people out there who are um, minimalizing their lives donate all the things you don't wear or use anymore this I always um so we have a, one closet in our bedroom that we split between us, and then we have a closet in our um, like dining room that we use for our like off-season clothes. And so at a certain point when the weather's like changed for long enough that I like keep going to the other closet for clothes, I do like a big swap of my closets, mm-hmm. um, and that is a great time to go through your stuff and say, have like, am I going to wear this? Uh, does it fit anymore? If it doesn't fit you now get rid of it mm-hmm. because uh, I know we all have that thing of like, oh, when I just like lose X number of pounds, then I'll be able to wear this blank thing again. Are you? Mm-hmm. Like, or are you just holding on to that piece of clothing because of like a nostalgia about like a time and place and like situation? Um, clothes that don't make you feel good right now are not a good use of your space mm-hmm. um, because we want if the goal is to like be more awesome part of that is feeling more awesome and having a bunch of stuff in your closet that you can't wear it doesn't make you feel awesome having a bunch of stuff that's like threadbare and falling apart doesn't make you feel more awesome mm-hmm. um having a bunch of stuff that like fits with a life you used to have but doesn't fit with your current life like you know it's all good to have like a closet full of boho dresses but if you work at an office 9 to 5 6 days a week like <laughs> you probably don't need 18 bohemian dresses. Yeah. Um, so I think it is a really good time to like pare down, make sure the stuff you have in your closet is stuff that makes you feel good about your body. Um, that if you're an adult, you feel like an adult when you wear it. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. I think that, and another thing too, going back to what you were saying about placing emotional value on clothes and clothes having emotional connotations to them. That's true. And I mean, I mean, yeah, like I have, you know, I have a sweatshirt that I will always keep and it's from, it's from my like, you know, senior year of my like high school dance show. And it's that sweatshirt when I like yeah. had a solo and it's like, okay, that's different mm-hmm. than, <laughs> not that I'm justifying it. Right. Cause I actually think I have the opposite of hoarding where you I get rid of actually, too much. not too much, but For me, it all started in college because we had to move out at the end of every year. And then in New York life, pretty much up until the apartment I'm in right now, it was moving every year. And I remember very vividly, like the moments leading up to the movers arriving and being like, just donate everything or like, (laughs) just throw everything away. And it was then in there that I kind of like vowed to myself to never, even when I ended up like in my forever home, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with kids and everything, like I would never have too much clutter because it's just so she much crap. I know, right? <laughs> so I, well, I'm, I'm really lucky. Our building has on the fourth floor, there's a big donation, um, set up for, I'm not even sure which company, but they have their like huge, like, it's not even a bin. It's like a mm-hmm. big contraption and, and you can donate bags of stuff there. So uh, honestly, I'm, I, I must donate stuff like multiple times a month. Yeah. Like I'm there there I mean I'll I'll like drop I literally just dropped off a bag of all these sneakers 
that are like lightly worn. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have a ton of sneakers. Right. And now I just, I have shinier and new sneakers right now. So Mm -hmm. it's like, these are totally still fine to run in. Mm -hmm. I just don't need them anymore. Um, so for me, it's a way to declutter, which makes everything environmentally feel a little bit better. And also here's another thing that Stuart and I did for a while we had just like a set amount of hangers. And so every time, instead of us just buying more hangers, we would just donate things to free up the hangers. So it was, it was really like nice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess I kind of like, like a minimalist thing while at the same time, not being too like sterile and barren and still having, um, still having, you know, things of nostalgia around like Mm -hmm. that sweatshirt. But then at the same time, uh, you know, like the tank top I got from Express two years ago. I'm never going to wear that again. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think that de- and then for people who do feel guilty about getting rid of things, you just have to think I'm donating it. I'm not throwing it away. Mm-hmm. So that's that. In New York, you can donate clothes at a lot of green markets. Um, so if there's a local farmer's market, you can do a twofer. You can drop off the stuff that you're donating and then pick up some fruit and vegetables. Yeah. Um, so they, they do try to make it easy. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're having trouble letting go of the stuff, you can do the Marie Kondo thing. Thank it for its service. Send it yeah. on its way. You fulfilled your destiny. Mm-hmm. Little sweatshirt or sneakers <laughs> or dress from Express. You exactly. Know? <laughs> well, number nine is related, but is a little metaphysical. Mm-hmm. And number nine is declutter your brain. Yeah. This was yours. What, what, how do you spring clean your brain? So spring cleaning your brain. Um, Especially with New York winters, I think sometimes New York winters can be very challenging, and uh, I think they affect us a little bit more emotionally than some of us let on. Uh-huh. I myself, this whole winter, I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's fine, and then, I'm fine, it's not so bad. <laughs> and then I like hit a, a point a couple weeks ago where I was like, this is not okay. <laughs> so, uh, so when I say declutter your brain, I do think it it is a time. I think spring is a time to let go of things that have built up over the winter, whether they are stressors that come from different arenas of life. So whether it be professional stressors or things that you've been harboring for a long time. That boyfriend you know you need to break up with. Right. (laughs) Spring cleaning. Spring cleaning. (laughs) So um, letting go of anything negative or stressful that the winter brought on and focusing on the positives, focusing on the things that you want in your life versus the things you don't want in your life. And spring just is so positive, you know, regardless. Mm -hmm. So decluttering your brain. And I think the two things to, to help declutter your brain are meditating and then also focusing on the laws of attraction, which... (laughs) we could literally do an entire episode. I could talk about this for probably an hour, but laws of attraction. It's just what you think about, what you believe, what you emote, what you see, like you just keep attracting that into your life. So um, that helps with, that's why I say focus on the positives. And then meditating is decluttering. It's meditating for your brain is like working out, it's like going for a run, you know, for your body. (laughs) Totally. Um, I think there, there are lots, uh, there are sort of like endless ways that sound kind of hokey to do these things, but finding one that works for you, I think is really great. So whether it's meditating with like an app or in a class or just by yourself, whether it's like, I know some people who like when they're trying to fall asleep, they do like gratefulness lists. So they just like think to themselves about things they're grateful for. And it sounds 
hokey and cheesy. No one's going to know you're doing it. Um, and it really does, I think, help like change your perspective. It doesn't make bad things go away, but I think it helps recalibrate the percentages. Like we think about the 1% of terrible things 99% of the time. Um, and instead, like if we can switch that around a little bit, uh, whether it's like giving yourself affirmations in the mirror, whatever it is, finding ways to, to sort of like deliberately practice positive thinking, mm-hmm. um, it's a practice like anything else. You have to yeah, get used to it. Definitely. All right. And number 10 of our ways to spring clean your life. This one's a good one. Yeah. You want to say it? <laughs> yeah, sure. Number 10, clear out and reorganize your refrigerator and pantry. This is going to make room for new, wholesome and fresh, wonderful foods. Toss out anything that is hiding in the back of your fridge oh, or your pantry. If you saw and... my pantry <laughs> and fridge, there are definitely <laughs> olives in my fridge that are at least two years old. <laughs> Um, and are you going to eat them? No, of course not. Um, (laughs) we just bought a thing of cumin seeds only to discover we have a thing of cumin seeds we've only used once. So we have now have two bottles of cumin (laughs) seeds in our cupboard. Um, this stuff is really important. Um, it feels bad to throw out food, Yeah. but if you're not going to eat it, no one's else, no one else is going to eat it. You've got to throw it away. Such a good point. Um, I think you and I, and a lot of people out there, like we are like food waste is something. And I know you worked in the restaurant industry, so mm-hmm. that must've been like really hard to see. My first awareness of food waste was when I was really young. My mom was Buddhist, <laughs> so she's, she's not anymore. She goes through phases. Um, but so I was always going to like, I don't know, like groups or, you know, meetings and, and um, uh, volunteering with her all the time, and which was great, but kind of getting to see the complete other end of the spectrum in which, like, I went to China with my mom on, like, a mission when I was, like, nine years old, and then seeing, like, what it was like to not have food. So for me, that's when it really totally. Well, that's such a classic thing. Like, oh clean your plate. There are starving children in China. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, which, even food like, waste... Right, because that contributes to us not being intuitive about how much food we eat. So true, (laughs) so true. So it's it's hard to throw away like brand new jars of olives that, but they've been in there for two years and they're not brand new. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Or like even if something is unopened and it's been in there for a long time, it's hard. Like there's, I have an emotional reaction Mm -hmm. to throwing away all this stuff, and um, and like it just feels like bad, and you feel a little guilty and but it's kind of like what you were about to say it's not like you can send this to someone living in a third world right. country like, like you can't what is this right right like you can't Unless immediately yeah right <laughs> so you can't immediately get it to them so it's it's so like we could probably do an entire episode on food waste i'm totally. actually seeing a film at the tribeca film festival in a couple weekends and i think anthony bourdain either made it or produced it and huh. it's called it's all on food waste so um Cleaning out and reorganizing your fridge. Looking at it purely from like a health standpoint, bacteria exists. When I was taking nutrition courses in college, I one of the things that, well, many other things stayed with me, of course, or else I wouldn't be saying all this to you guys now, or else I wouldn't be a nutrition counselor. No, but um, was my my professor just hard, you know when we were doing our food safety course just saying over and over again, when in doubt, throw it out. Yep. 
you know, I'm when a licensed food out. handler, not That's to right. brag, <laughs> but I have a license in handling food. Um, and yeah, you can get real sick. <laughs> from bottom line. Bottom line, yeah. you can get real sick. Yeah. Bottom line, if you're not going to eat it and if it's expired, then if, if it's just making you feel less guilty by leaving it in the fridge, Check you're just, yeah. You'll never think about it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, um, going through like shelf stable stuff and pantry stuff, if there's stuff that you're like, ah, oh, but like I could still use this, set yourself a deadline mm-hmm. and say like, I have a week to use this mm-hmm. and I can either like, you know, get a recipe together and like make something with these beans that have been sitting on my shelf or I need to like donate it or give it away or throw it away. Give yourself a deadline because the like, well, I could, I might like, that's all well and good. But if you haven't for a year, like it's time to make a choice. And I will say this oats expire (laughs) because I've had bad experiences. I've had an experience. Yeah. And and they must've been in there a long time for them to have expired. Expired. Yeah. And I was like, they smell fine. Like how do oats expire? And I was like, oh, no, I'm totally sick right now. Oh, no. <laughs> so. Yeah, greens. Yeah. Bacteria greens. love greens. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like it's they do. Sugar. So, so oats expire. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, do condiments. Yeah. yeah. Pantry, fridge. Yeah. Clean T- Toss everything out. <laughs> Start fresh. Buy new stuff that you will enjoy eating. Um, well, as our takeaway, I'm just going to read our list again. So this is uh, Joanna and Daphne's top 10 ways to spring clean your life. Number one, make a salad once or twice a week to bring for your lunch. Number two, make smoothies for breakfast. Number three, allergy-proof your home. Number four, make one of your workouts a week outdoors. Number five, make yourself some power water. Number six, take an exercise class you haven't taken before. Take it more than once. Give it a shot. Number seven, keep more fruit in your house. You're more likely to eat it if it's around. Number eight, donate all the things you don't wear or use anymore. Number nine, declutter your brain. Let go of that, those negative feelings and do your meditating or positive thinking, whatever you need to, to get in a good brain space. And number 10, clear out and reorganize your fridge and pantry. When in doubt, throw it out. Good job, Joanna. <laughs> Thanks, Daphne. <laughs> that could have uh, been the entire episode. <laughs> I know, I could just read the list and we could move on. <laughs> but then you guys wouldn't have heard our stories and right. our anecdotes. I and never our... know that Daphne made herself sick on oatmeal. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, let us know how you're doing your spring cleaning of your life. Um, if you uh, take a picture, if you do something and maybe we'll post it from our Instagram, uh, we'd love to see what you're doing. Um, happy spring cleaning. This week's listener question actually comes from my husband and he just said it to me. He didn't write it out. So I'm going to have to paraphrase. Um, but, uh, Matt and I were running and we run in Prospect Park where a lot of people run with running strollers. And Matt said that I should ask you, Daphne, about running strollers because you always talk about how like you don't want to be holding anything when you run and you don't want anything to be like restricting your movement. And um, it seems like a running stroller might do that. On the other hand, like if you have kids and there's no one to watch them, that's like the only way you can get out is if you can bring the kids with you. So on behalf of Matt, I ask you, Daphne, what's the deal with running strollers? So running strollers, these can be a wonderful way to still maintain your fitness levels, even when you don't have a babysitter. And, um, if you do want to, if you do need to go for a round or if you do need to log miles when you do have children, not that that all stops when you have kids, but, um, in my mind, I'm like, life is over. No, (laughs) just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but so here's the thing. 
Everything you just said, Joanna, that is, those are my issues with running strollers. That's not the natural position for you to be running. So my bottom or my like bottom line is if you can avoid running with a running stroller, if you can just have natural, normal runs and have your children either be with your significant other or a sitter, um, do that. However, that I know that's not the case for everyone. So the main, the, the main, I guess, like takeaway with running strollers is it really matters the height of the stroller and the height of you. And so that's why I'm really glad that you told me it was Matt who asked this question because <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, like there's no stroller. That's well, we also work don't have him. children. So it's not <laughs> right. a problem for, for Matt at this and point. And I have but. a client who is, I think four foot 11. She's definitely under five feet and she, uh, just no running strollers. Like it's just not happening. The bar is too high and I know they are adjustable, but when you're that small, it's just like running strollers are not really made for people that small. So here's all the positive of running strollers. I have, I remember during my coaching days, there was one mom on, on team challenge, one of my runners, and she had to run with two, not, not one, two of her children in a double. Yeah. Double wide. And I was like, that is either amazing or terrible for you. Like, I don't know, like amazing on so many fronts because like she's doing it all, you know, she's, um, still watching her kids and training for a half marathon. It throws off your alignment. And that is just the, the, um, that's just kind of like the science of it. Mm -hmm. It's going to throw off your alignment no matter how great the stroller is and how expensive the stroller is and no matter how glidey it is it's going to throw off your alignment because one hand even if you're able to guide the roller with one hand it's going to be in front of you which is going to alter an entire the entire anatomy of whatever arm is in front of you guiding the stroller but then all of a sudden you're running and you have one hand in front of the stroller and the other one is pumping up and down even if you alternate back and forth it's still it's it's just so many muscle imbalances that i would really recommend running without one however if you do want to run with one i still say that that's a-okay and i'd rather you get outside with a you know running stroller if it if it if it's that if it's between that and not doing anything at all i'm actually going to recommend the length and the distance being a little lower than what you would normally do. So don't do. do like two hours of running with a running stroller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe just like a couple couple miles because doing that for so long um, is definitely going to create muscle imbalances and it's going to throw off your alignment. Plus, your kids would probably get mad. They maybe they'll be bored or asleep. <laughs> um, if you if you want to figure out like what height to do. It would the best thing to do just to be like buy it in an actual store where yeah, someone can like yeah. help you. So then at that point in time, you if you are shopping for one, I recommend going to the actual store. And <laughs> I remember actually one time I had to buy a stroller when I was nannying when I was 22 and I had to go and like exchange one. So I know these stores exist <laughs> in New York. They do. And it's just all types of strollers. It wasn't for a running stroller, but mm. um yeah, so stroller stores, they exist. <laughs> so I would test it out. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for, for answering our listener question. And uh, listeners, if you want to send us your question, um, you can send, us, send it to us at info at justwarmerpodcast.com or on any of our social meds. 
Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on iTunes, Google Play Music, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes and for help subscribing, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.